your dog talk to you? Do you know what he or she is saying? Welcome to My Doggy Says. Here now to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog, the host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Hi, this is Fred Haney, host of the My Doggy Says show, where you learn about dog training and dog bonding and how to build a stronger relationship with your dog. You'll hear interviews here with experts from all corners of the dog world. The whole idea is to help you improve your dog communication and dog training skills and help you build more nurturing relationships with your pets in order to be dog's best friend. And I'm here, as usual, with one of my best friends, Callie Golden Retriever. Callie's uh, four and a half years old now. And we did have our uh, ritual daily soccer game uh, this evening. Uh, Even though we got a little rain here in Southern California uh, this afternoon, uh, it wasn't so bad that we couldn't uh, go out in the backyard and kick the soccer ball around a little bit. Not as uh, vigorous a game as we have sometime. I think the rain took the edge off a little for Cali, but uh, we had a good time. It's Cali's creation. Cali uh, started the soccer game uh, when she first uh, came to live here and at age eight weeks old, and she continues it every day in the evening. She comes and gets me and begs me to go out and play uh, soccer with her. Uh, we have a treat for you this evening. We've uh, Just in the last few weeks, uh, we've been uh, remembering the events of 9-11-2001, uh, and uh, we have as a special guest Michael Hinkson, uh, who has just written a new book titled Thunderdog, And it's a story about how uh, Michael's guide dog, Roselle, uh, helped him out of the World Trade Center on 9-11-2001. So it's a very compelling story. Um, Michael's been on the show before, uh, but uh, it's just delightful to have him back. Uh, If you'd like to join the conversation, if you'd like to talk with Michael a little bit, Uh, The number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. Let me just remind you to uh, participate with us during the week. One of the best ways to do that uh, is uh, to check out our blog at mydoggysays.com. Also, look at the website, a lot of fun uh, video. Uh, These podcasts are there. There's some fun uh, dog photographs. Uh, And uh, uh, we've tried to make it so you can uh, access a lot of content there with just a couple mouse clicks. Uh, So uh, we're uh, thrilled to have Michael Hinkson, who's now the author of a book titled Thunderdog, uh, back. uh, Maybe is this your third visit, uh, Michael? Welcome back to the My Doggy Says Show. Well, thanks, Fred. It's a pleasure to be here. We had our share of rain up here in Northern California. We um, had about an inch, so we also feel it well. Seems like these storms uh, usually start up your way and then uh, move move down here, but uh, that doesn't always work that way, but but a lot of times it does. So how does it feel now to be an accomplished author? Uh, Thunderdog was exciting to work on, and Thunderdog was exciting to see published. Thomas Nelson... Uh, publishers are, are the people who actually put the book out on the market. Um, the, the group there, Jason Jones, Christy Henson, um, Catherine Rowley, and Kat Zappa, and all the folks there have just done a wonderful job. And, and our editor, Brian um, Norman, did a great job. We had a, a basically what we all thought was a pretty good book, 
and he came along and said, you know, there are a couple things not to change the content, but a couple things that you could improve on, like some of the transitions. And he was spot on with the suggestions that he had, so he made it a, a much better book. So we're really excited about about what all the the folks did. And of course, working with Susie Flory was a, was a dream. She was um, a great person to work with. And by the time it was all done, when the book was published and released on August 2nd, it immediately went to the New York Times bestseller list. And it's been on the list ever since it was published. So it's not only a, a book and I'm an author, it's a best-selling book, and I get to, to claim to be a best-selling author, which is really exciting. Well, congratulations. That, that's just terrific and uh, very, very deserved. I, I have read the book, and I, I, I like the way uh, you handled the, the timing. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're here to tell the story, so people kind of know the punchline, um, but I think you did a, a, a really nice job of sort of weaving your personal life into the events of that uh, difficult day. Well, of course, and, and the story is that I worked in the World Trade Center and was in the World Trade Center in my office on the 78th floor of Tower 1 on September 11, 2001, when the terrorists attacked the building. Um, the book is laid out such that every chapter begins with part of that day, and through the whole book we take people through that day. <clears throat> but then along the way in each chapter, we go back to aspects of my life, things that, that um, I learned growing up, Growing up as a blind person, because Roselle, of course, is a guide dog from Guide Dogs for the Blind in California, here in San Rafael. Um, so we transition back to stories and lessons that I learned, as well as later talking about moving forward and dealing with change. And what Brian specifically said was, your transitions from the World Trade Center back are a little bit short and choppy, and the, the people are going to wonder, where the heck are they? Uh, and so we worked on that to make them very smooth. And, in fact, some of the, the major reviewers, like Kirkus, the book review magazine for the book publishing industry, said that the transitions were some of the best part of the book, which was, was sort of gratifying and certainly validated what Brian had to say. But we were in the building, and we got out by working together as a team. And as I tell people, now being a lecturer, I travel around the country talking about teamwork and trust and moving on after change and, of course, talking about blindness and talking about a lot of the challenges that blind people face because people who happen to have eyesight don't understand that blindness isn't the handicap. It's their attitudes that are the handicap. So, Good, we, uh, good message. If you just tuned in, you're listening to the My Doggy Says show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, helping you find ways to build stronger and more nurturing bonds with your dog. And tonight we're going to learn about uh, a new book, Thunderdog, by Michael Hinkson. It's a story about uh, Michael's guide dog, Roselle, and how Michael and Roselle uh, were able to get out of the World Trade Center on uh, September 11, 2001. Um, Michael, I, I uh, really liked the closing little paragraph uh, that Larry King wrote in his foreword uh, to your book. Uh, and I thought that would be a good way to sort of bring our listeners into this story. He says, uh, chapter by chapter of this intriguing work will keep you spellbound. You'll relive 1,463 steps as a blind man and his dog tri triumph over adversity. Settle in for you're about to read a page turner. I thought that was just uh, r r really compelling. Larry King did a, a great job with the foreword. We were very excited uh, when we when we got it. Made me want to read the book. 
<laughs> but but um, we've gotten very positive comments about the book. Uh, people have been been very um, very rewarding and and very positive in the things that they've had to say. So uh, we're we're really pretty excited about it because it it is not a 9/11 book. It really is a look about a book about life lessons. It really is a book that teaches people and, and hopefully inspires people. Um, I've seen a lot of book reviews that say, well, when we got this, we thought it was just going to be a 9-11 book and it was going to be like all, all the others. And, and when we got into it, we couldn't put it down. And, and there are so many reviews that have made those kinds of comments, which is, uh, which is great. And it tells about going down the stairs, of course, but it tells why, not so much why we um, got out or how we got out, but why I was there. And uh, and why discussing that aspect of it is very important. As I said, blindness isn't the handicap I face. The real handicap consists of the poor attitudes and misconceptions that people who have eyesight tend to display and have about blindness. As I say in the book, don't let your eyesight get in the way of your vision. And all too often people do that. I also talk about the fact that people who have eyesight have their own disability whether they recognize it or not, <clears throat> that is, you're light-dependent. You need light to, to function. Thomas Edison fixed that for all of you who have eyesight by inventing the electric light bulb. So now, when normally it would be dark, um, you have lights to go by. So why is that technology any different than the technology <laughs> that I might get in order to be able to function successfully as a blind person? The reality is it's not, except people think it is because people don't know about blindness, and they think that you've got to see in order to live, and that's just not true. That, that's a real positive way to uh, think about it. I, I, I think you know my friend uh, Tom Sullivan, who, yeah. who wrote a book titled uh, If You Could See What I Hear, uh, which uh, kind of focuses on that same issue. Well, the, the fact is that, um, that people really need to, um, to think about the fact that there are other alternatives. You know, in this country, we pay, we face as blind people over 70% unemployment rate among employable blind people. Um, according to the Gallup polling organization, 76% of people in this country fear blindness over any other disability, and blindness is one of the top five fears. The reality is that's because people make it that way, not because it needs to be that way. Um, there, there are only two jobs blind people really aren't going to do extremely well today, um, that's to drive a car or even an airplane, although that's changing. A blind person drove a car independently earlier this year. Mark Riccobono at the Daytona Speedway, just before the Rolex 24 race, drove a car 1.3 miles around a or uh, 1.75 miles around an obstacle course um, at the Daytona Speedway course, um, and including obstacles that were thrown in the way at the last second. The car was developed under the auspices of the National Federation of the Blind with with work from Virginia Tech University and, and some other assistance, but the reality is a blind person completely independently drove that car without any sighted people being in the car or providing any direction. And that happened because technology was developed to make it happen. What that means is it will make cars safer for all people, but it will also make it more possible for a blind person to do the driving themselves. And in reality, given the way a lot of sighted people drive, it's about time. <laughs> Uh, Michael, we're uh, approaching the end of the uh, segment here. Uh, tell our listeners how they can uh, 
find your book, and I think you have a pretty special website. Set Underdog up. is real easy to find. You can go to any bookstore, or you can go to Barnes & Noble or Amazon or any of those places, or you can go to my website and get it. If you go to www.michaelhingson.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-H-I-N-G-S-O-N.com, um, and click on Order Thunderdog, you can buy the book. It comes from our website with an autograph and Roselle's paw print, which we call a potograph. Um, Roselle passed away at the end of June of this year, June 26th, and six days before she died, we were able to get her paw print. So it is now on every book that we sell through michaelhingston.com. The book is 23.95 shipped. Shipping is free. When we come back after the break, uh, I, I want to talk about the, the partner you had on that uh, fateful day, uh, Roselle. Uh, we'll uh, get you to talk a little about uh, what kind of a dog Roselle was, uh, her training, your relationship. Uh, it's a My Doggy Says show, and we're visiting tonight with Michael Hinkson, who uh, recently published a book titled Thunderdog. It's his story of uh, being literally led out of the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001, by his guide dog, Roselle. Uh, we'll be back with Michael after the break. Welcome back to My Doggy Says. Here once again to help you understand and build a closer relationship with your dog. The host of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where you get better at dog training, you improve your dog talk and dog bonding skills, and learn how to build a more nurturing relationship with your pet in order to become dog's best friend. And you're doing it here on the Doggy Appreciation Network. Uh, tonight, we're visiting with Michael Hinkson, who is uh, just recently the author of a book titled Thunderdog. It's a story about uh, September 11, 2001, and uh, how Michael's guide dog, Roselle, uh, led Michael and uh, his friend David and some other people out of the World Trade Center uh, that day. Uh, and uh, it, it's a really compelling story. Uh, you uh, uh, will want to run out uh, at, right after the show and get a copy or, or jump onto uh, Michael's website uh, or Amazon. And as he says, it's also available in all the stores. If you'd like to join the program, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is one 866 1100. We would like to invite you to participate with us uh, during the week in different ways. You can jump on our website, mydoggysays.com, send me an email, fred at mydoggysays.com. Uh, I can't respond to all of them, but I do try. Uh, and uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at mydoggysays uh, on Twitter. Well, Michael, uh, we've uh, uh, we'll hold off for a few minutes on sort of walking through the events of that day, September 11th, uh, 2001. Uh, but tell us a little about your partner, uh, Roselle. As I said, Roselle was from Guide Dogs for the Blind in San Rafael, California. She was my fifth guide dog. I have had seven altogether. <clears throat> um, what I tell people about guide dogs in general is that 
when we go to school to learn to use the dog, whether it be on, on campus or at home where home training is becoming more and more popular in home training, what, um, what we learn, of course, are a lot of different commands and so on, but the most important thing we learn is how to build a team, is how to communicate, how to create a team, and how to make it an effective team. And some people certainly do that better than others, but really everything regarding working with a guide dog is all about a team. And you know that that is just the same as it really ought to be with anyone and their pets. It's all about team building. Now, cats, you know, cats tend to not be quite the same team builders as as, uh, as dogs. As uh, somebody said, dogs have masters and cats have staff, at least in their own minds. But <laughs> the, the fact is that uh, it's all about team building. So in working with Roselle, who, who um, joined me in November of 1999, we developed a trust. And I think it took a good year to develop the trust to the point that we both truly were comfortable and worked seamlessly. I think that in, in developing a relationship with a dog, <clears throat> um, dogs tend to want to love, and I think they want to trust. They're open to trust until we abuse that and then we destroy their desire to trust. They they get burned, um, especially dogs who are abused and so on. It, it becomes very hard to, to um, earn their trust. But dogs inherently, unless you do something to destroy that, uh, will will be open to the idea of trust, much more than people are. <clears throat> so we have to work at it. But when we do work together, <clears throat> it becomes a very seamless, wonderful close-knit relationship. It's a wonderful bond. And again, I think people can do that in their, their own lives. Um, it isn't just enough to have a dog and occasionally you play with it and that's it or you feed it. and That doesn't build the bond. Um, there is a lot more to it. And I urge people to go to the humane, their local Humane Society, SPCA, look at the website of the American Humane Association and learn about the human-animal bond. And I want to talk about that a little bit more later. But Roselle and I worked hard at it. Well, let me uh, follow up on your comment about trust. I, I, I had the same conversation with our friend uh, Tom Sullivan about uh, his guide dogs and, and how important uh, that trusting relationship is. And he had a couple examples of, of situations that uh, he got into w with his dogs um, where he didn't quite believe what the dog was telling him. You know, the dog was telling him, we got to go this way, and it didn't seem right to him. Uh, and he sort of countermanded the dog and ended up almost falling into a construction hole. I mean, that, I, that's probably not exactly the right detail. But uh, that, that uh, element of trust is a non-trivial thing, isn't it? I mean, it's not always easy to trust uh, an animal. You what people need to understand about working with a guide dog is it's a two-way street. We each have a job to do. I am the team leader of the team, contrary to what people think. I don't just hold a harness and get drug around. It's my job to know where I'm going and how to get there because I have to give the dog specific instructions every step of the way. It's no different than what your eyes and your brain do together, except that I use a dog or sometimes I use a cane, but in this case we're talking about dogs. I have to give Roselle or my current dog, Africa, command. I have to tell her when to go left. I have to tell her when to go right. I have to tell her when to go forward and so on. So to use 
a similar example to what you just talked about. <clears throat> Let's say we come to a street corner, and I tell Africa to go across the street. I tell her to go forward because the traffic is moving the same way I want to go. I wait for that indicator. Audible traffic signals don't do it because you know, all, all a traffic signal will tell you is it's supposed to be safe for you to cross. It doesn't tell you what the traffic is doing, and there is one and only one way to do that, and that's to listen to the traffic. You don't drive, I would hope, across an intersection just because the light changes. You wait until you see what the traffic is doing. <clears throat> so I tell the dog to go forward. We start to cross the street, and if that dog suddenly jerks and moves back or moves to the side, I better be ready at an instant second's notice to follow her. If I don't, I could be hit by a car. And, and, that's most where, the time, and, that's, and most of the time, that's the case. And like Tom Sullivan's example, a lot of times I can tell if the dog is being distracted and is really not doing what they're supposed to do. But even in that kind of situation, I'm going to follow the dog at first. And then if there's a problem, we will have a team meeting to discuss behavior later. But, but at first, I'm going to follow the dog. I may be the team leader, but at that point, when that dog is guiding, she's in, in control. She's the leader of the team. And, again, I distinguish between her leading me, which she's not doing, and her guiding me. Right. I distinguish between guiding on one hand and being the team leader. Important but, distinction. Um, sure. If the number to call uh, in Phoenix, 602-277-KFNX. Outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is one 536 1100 if you'd like to join our conversation with Michael Hinkson about his new book, Underdog. And by the way, we're going to be visiting Phoenix on the 18th of, um, of October and doing some, um, some book signings at the Barnes & Noble store in Phoenix. And uh, if people would like to send me an email, fred at mydoggysays.com, uh, with uh, questions about that, I can forward to Michael. Or, Michael, uh, maybe you, can people uh, 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 send you an email through your website? Sure. Why, this is a good time. We're coming to the end of the segment. Why don't you tell people how to find your website? And so, again, also, the website, uh, again, is www.michaelhingson, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-H-I-N-G-S-O-N, Dot com, so people <clears throat> can go there and learn about my speaking availability and what I talk about. They can also order a copy of Thunderdog, and uh, they can also learn about a new foundation we formed called Roselle's Dream Foundation, which is to raise funds to help purchase technology for blind people who can't afford it. Uh, a lot of the technology we use is very expensive, and it's also an organization that we formed to help educate people about blindness. So you can go to the Website, michaelhingston.com, or you can go to www.rosellesdream.org, and that's R-O-S-E-L-L-E-S, dream.org, uh, to learn about it. And if people want to buy the book? Go to michaelhingston.com and get an autograph and potographed copy. Go to any bookstore. You can buy it, and you can get it from online sources like Barnes & Noble and Amazon and so on. All those those places are available. It's a New York Times bestseller, which we're really excited about. Well, it's a, a very compelling story, uh, especially so because uh, it affected our country just so dramatically. A uh, story of about uh, how 
um, Michael's guide dog, Roselle, helped uh, Michael and some other people escape from the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. Uh, we'll be back with Michael after the break. Your dog's actions may speak louder than words. Welcome back to My Doggy Says, here again to help you become a better listener with your best friend, the author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show, where you learn what makes dogs tick, how to improve your dog training and dog bonding skills, and how to be dog's best friend. And you're doing it on the Doggy Appreciation Network. This evening, we're visiting with Michael Hinkson, who recently wrote a book titled Thunderdog. It's a story about how his guide dog, Roselle, led him and a friend and some other people out of the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. It's really a compelling story, and it's interesting to hear Michael tell it in his own words. If you would like to ask Michael a question or join the program, uh, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. And if you do call and join the program, we'll make sure you get a free copy of the Dog Appreciation Lesson CD. Uh, the Dog Appreciation Lesson CD is a collection of 18 uh, two- to three-minute clips from this program. And uh, each of them is uh, just a lovely little story about special relationship that exists between uh, a person and their dog. Uh, for example, you'll hear uh, the well-known author Dean Koontz talking about uh, his relationship with uh, his golden retriever Trixie uh, at a situation they got into when he was afraid the police were going to have to uh, take Trixie to jail. <laughs> it's a, uh, so please don't take my dog to jail. It's a very... Uh, a cute and loving uh, little story. But uh, Tom Sullivan is also on uh, the CD talking about, uh, he's the author of If You Could See What I Hear, uh, and he talks about how important it is to have this relationship of trust with a guide dog uh, that Michael Hinkson was just talking about. So uh, uh, you, you can learn more about the Dog Appreciation Lessons CD uh, at our website, my doggy says dot com. Um, Michael, I thought I'd uh, set up a, que a, a question for you by uh, talking a little bit about another event that happened in New York City. I guess a lot of things happen in New York City, uh, but I was fortunate enough this last year to uh, hear uh, Sully Sullenberger talk about uh, his adventure uh, in landing U.S. Airways Flight uh, 1549 in the Hudson River on uh, January 15th of 2009. And part of his message is that his whole life of training and learning teamwork uh, really prepared him for that. And the interesting thing that uh, an airline pilot has to deal with is that they're never quite sure from day to day who they're going to be flying with. Uh, but they still have to work as a team, even though they may have never met each other before. So um, 
Take us through that a little bit. I know that teamwork played such an incredible role on that day. Give some examples of how the interaction between you and Roselle were so important to making making that day work. Well, and of course, Captain Sullenberger is, is absolutely correct. And we never know how well we're going to do or how we're going to do in a very stressful situation until we're subjected to it. And all we can do is prepare for for whatever comes, at least do our best to prepare. I know that when I was in the World Trade Center, I thought every day about what would I do if we have an emergency. Sometimes it just wasn't something that I consciously did, but I was always thinking about it in the back of my mind. And I think that helped prepare me as well for dealing with the um, the challenges we faced on 9-11. But I think that one of the most incredible examples that I can give is after the building was struck <clears throat> and uh, it moved and then it stopped, a colleague, my colleague David Frank, who was in the office that day, normally he's in California, but he was there for, for some seminars we were going to be giving. David looked out the window and saw fire and smoke and started shouting and panicking about that. I kept saying to David, be quiet or slow down, don't, don't panic, slow down, we'll be okay, we're going to get out. Um, and he kept saying, no, you don't understand, there's fire and smoke and there are millions of pieces of paper falling outside our window and there's fire and smoke above us. And, and I believed everything that David said, but I kept saying, slow down, we'll get out, but we're going to do it in an orderly way. And I've taken all the fire drill and emergency preparedness um, courses that I could at the World Trade Center. But I was observing something that David was not, <clears throat> namely that um, after the building stopped moving, my guide dog had come out from under my desk where she had been asleep. Roselle came over to me. I told her to heal, which meant to come around on my left side and sit, and that she did. And she was wagging her tail, and she was yawning, and while David was shouting about all the fire and smoke, she didn't change her demeanor. She continued to wag her tail and yawn and, and to have no indication of any fear at all. And you've read stories or heard stories or maybe talked with people whose animals saved them because the animal detected smoke or fire or de detected something before the humans did and got them out of a building. Roselle wasn't behaving like she had any of those concerns. How, how did you interpret? That, how, how, that how, told how, me that told me that she wasn't detecting anything that would make her nervous. That coupled with the fact that I wasn't smelling anything <clears throat> and I was hearing the debris fall, but that all that information told me was where we were, we were not in imminent danger at that point in time, and so I could try to focus people to get them out. As the leader of the office, that was my job. So I did that. I finally got David to focus. I got David to get our guests out. We had several in the office. And then after he got them out, then we went to the stairs he, Roselle, and I, and then we started down. All the way down the stairs, I kept encouraging her, which was a, a good sign for her that I was feeling okay. And it was important that I kept her focused by telling her she was doing a good job and, and not to worry about me, essentially. Um, you know, so we just worked together going down the stairs <clears throat> and eventually got outside um, another example of, of the teamwork was we were running from Tower 2 after or during its collapse, uh, and we were in the dust cloud uh, and uh, got to the point where we had to get inside of a building, staying outside while the build, Tower 2 was collapsing, 
was not an option for us because we were breathing in more air, more dirt and debris and dust than we were breathing in air, and we were suffocating. So we were looking for an opening. Suddenly, Roselle saw one, and I heard it at the same time. I told her to go right, turn right. She did. She took a right turn and took one step and stopped dead and wouldn't move. Now, even in that kind of situation, I realized if she stopped, there has to be a reason. Well, there was. We were at the top of a flight of stairs, and she saw that. She did exactly what she was supposed to do, and I realized she must be doing her. She must be behaving, be behaving the way she was for a reason. Namely, she stopped. I looked and discovered we were at the top of a flight of stairs. It's all about teamwork, and I need to tell you at this point that Roselle's actions have been recognized in a lot of different ways. But earlier this year, the American Humane Association began a contest to find the hero dog for 2011. Roselle was one of 453 dogs that uh, were submitted in nomination um, at the end of July. She was one of eight finalists, and this last Saturday in Beverly Hills, Roselle was awarded, although posthumously, the Hero Dog Award for 2011. So Roselle has been recognized um, in, in another really great way. We're very excited about that. The show will be shown on the Hallmark Channel on November 11th, and hopefully your listeners will, will watch that and see all the ceremonies and learn about Roselle and the other wonderful seven contestants that's who participated a, in the show. That's such a terrific uh, honor. It's the My Doggy Says show. I'm your host, Fred Haney, and we're visiting this evening with Michael Kingston, uh, who's uh, telling his story about getting out of the World Trade Center on uh, September 11, 2001, with the help of his guide dog, Roselle, uh, who received this uh, fa fantastic award. If you'd like to join the program, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. Outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. And, uh, Michael, we uh, took the liberty of uh, posting uh, the picture of Roselle with her medal uh, on our website so people can... And we, uh, we took the liberty of putting the information about this show on Facebook. So. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> um, um, I have hopefully a folks will call in. Yeah, I have a question for you. I don't know if you've uh, thought about it this way or not, but you, you said that... Um, at, at the beginning of, of your uh, adventure, uh, Roselle was yawning. You know, a yawn in a dog can be interpreted as a sign of boredom, but it can also be interpreted as a calming signal uh, that, that can mean, uh, couldn't we all please calm down? Um, have you, have you <laughs> thought about it that way before? Uh, and it certainly could be part of what she was doing. I think uh, that the fact is that she had, had been awakened by all of this. Um, she was asleep under my desk, and her nose actually was still warm. But um, I think what you say is very true. It certainly could have been a calming signal. David wasn't looking anyway, um, and I was more interested in her demeanor because as David saw fire and smoke, I was listening for sounds, and I was looking for anything to tell me that we were about to get it. Um, and the fact is that Roselle was telling me by her behavior that she wasn't nervous. And I know that if she had been nervous or fearful, she would have behaved in a significantly different way than she did. So she gave me the information that I really needed, and she gave me that because of the trust that we had, the teamwork effort that we both put into the process. Uh, Michael, we're uh, just about 
at the end of this segment. Uh, tell people how they can find your website and how they can find uh, your book, Thunder. Well, if they'd like to learn more about uh, about all this, they can certainly go to my website, www.michaelhingson.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-H-I-N-G-S-O-N.com. You can go to Facebook and see lots of videos about the award and other things. Uh, our, our, we're M. Hinkson on Facebook. Um, they can learn about the Roselle's Dream Foundation by going to my website. There's a link there to it or going to www.rosellesdream.org. And, again, certainly I hope people will buy the book. They can go to any bookstore or go okay. to my website. We'll be, we'll be back with Michael Hinkson after the break. Body language, facial expressions, they're not just for humans anymore. Author Fred Haney says his dog Jamie talks to him. And now to continue the canine conversation, author of My Doggy Says, Fred Haney. Welcome back to the My Doggy Says show. I'm Fred Haney, your host and author of the four-time award-winning book, My Doggy Says, Messages from Jamie, How a Dog Named Jamie Talks to Her People. Uh, this evening, we're visiting with Michael Hinkson, who's the author of a new book titled Thunderdog, which jumped right to the uh, New York Times list. Uh, it's a story about how Michael's guide dog, Roselle, uh, helped uh, him and a friend and some other people uh, get out of the World Trade Center on September 11, uh, 2001. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, the number to call in Phoenix is 602 602- KFNX, and outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. And there are different ways you can participate with us during the week. We just do the show uh, for an hour on Wednesday nights, but uh, check out our website, MyDoggySays.com. Check us out on uh, YouTube, too, the the, uh, My Doggy Says channel on YouTube. And you can also uh, find all of these shows as podcasts both on the website, uh, mydoggysays.com slash blog, uh, and also on iTunes. If you go to the uh, podcast store on iTunes and search for My Doggy Says, uh, we'll pop right up. Well, well Michael, um, take us through uh, uh, sort of the remaining events of, of the day. Uh, you really uh, had to go down a lot of steps and, and – uh, there were some issues in getting that done. What role did Roselle play there, and how did that work out? By the way, a lot of the videos of the award ceremony and other things uh, are also on our YouTube site, so people can go find us on YouTube and see that. Roselle played a significant role. Um, as we were going down the stairs, for example, I think the fact that she remained focused helped a lot of other people stay calm or calmer and uh, and go down the stairs. In fact, people told me that later that watching the two of us work together. And if we could go down the stairs, so could they. So I think that we certainly did help a great deal as we went down the stairs. Um, There were other times that we had challenges. Uh, We we met the firemen coming up the stairs, and they weren't convinced that I could go down the stairs independently, notwithstanding the fact that I'd come from the 78th floor to the 30th floor. We worked through all that, and Roselle gave them kisses, which was, was a good thing. There was a time on the stairs that I did have a concern, which was that it goes back to what we talked about earlier. What if the lights went out? If the lights went out and we lost power on the stairs, 
There were no windows. Nobody would be able to see anything. And I would be stuck on the stairs with thousands of light-dependent people who could not find their way out of a paper bag. So I did say to people at one point, if the lights go out, don't anyone worry. I happen to be blind, but I've got my guide dog, Roselle, here. We're offering a half-price special to get you out today only. And, and I did that in part to inject a little humor, but I also did it to make sure that people knew that if something happened, we were here and we were going to help. Now, the fact is that I don't know how many people might remember that if something happened. But it's the same thing when you're on an airplane and they give the pre-flight briefing. It's all about some people will hear it and remember it. And it also then gave me the opening that if something happened, we could deal with whatever came along as best as possible. So that's kind of what happened. Um, and, again, I think that Roselle was a calming influence on a lot of people just because of the way she behaved going down the stairs. Certainly running away from Tower 2, which was not a calming situation, uh, then it was just us two working together. But, you know, every day we work together, and, and that is, is such a wonderful relationship. I now travel full-time around the, the world, literally, doing speeches and talking to people about trust and teamwork. It's always good at least to know that I have one friend, in this case Africa, until 2007, Roselle, traveling with me, so I've always got someone to talk to and someone to play with. And, and yes, that's part of the whole guide dog experience. When the harness comes off, the dogs get to play just like everyone else does. There's still rules, but even so, the fact is that when the harness comes off, they get to relax and, uh, and, and be just like anybody else in the family who's come off of a long day's job. That's great. Uh, it's the My Doggy Says Show, and we're visiting tonight with Michael Hinkson, uh, whose recent book, Thunder Dog tells the story of how his guide dog, Roselle, uh, helped him and uh, a friend and some other people get out of the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. Uh, the number to call in Phoenix is 602-277-KFNX. And outside the Phoenix area, the toll-free number is 1-866-536-1100. Uh, Michael, uh, sighted people have the advantage of being able to observe a dog's uh, body language, um, posture and tail and ears and uh, behaviors uh, and so on. How do you communicate with your dog? Well, you think there's an advantage that you can observe the body language only if you assume that I can't. No, maybe I have other ways of, of, <laughs> yeah, but, I have but. other ways of, of determining the same thing. And, um, and, I, and I'm not saying that in, in a negative way toward you. I'm just saying sure. that the reality is that that I have other ways of observing how the dog is behaving and not behaving or what the dog's demeanor is. And so um, as a result, I'm, I'm able to tell the mood of a dog. Sometimes it's by touch. Sometimes it's just the way the dog behaves, the sounds that the dog makes. When she's in harness, certainly I have a lot of information about how um, she's feeling by the way she moves and, and what she does. Um, you can observe how the dog behaves from a greater distance, there's no doubt about that. But I think um, having really learned to work with dogs, uh, and, and, I, and I think this is not true about you because you know a lot about dogs, but compared to the average person, I dare say I've got a much better idea of what a dog is thinking and how a dog is behaving than, than most people if I'm anywhere near the dog. I can, um, I can believe that. I mean, I, I think I learned something sometimes, especially in the night, 
uh, from Callie just by listening to her breathing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are different patterns, and, sure. and they sort of send different messages. I mean, the obvious one is kind of heavy breathing, hey, I need to go out and pee. Um, but I think there are other messages that, that come through just the way they're breathing. They're amazing creatures, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, when uh, when our two dogs here, Fantasia and Africa, are playing, it is fun to watch them because there are various times that it's very obvious that each one is trying to psych the other one out. Uh, and just by their behaviors, they suddenly grow quiet. You know, they're staring at each other. Uh, collars don't move, hardly any breathing. You know that there's something going on, and uh, you can just see the wheels turning inside their heads as they're trying to psych the other dog out or get one up on the other dog. They're pretty amazing. Yeah, I I have this argument with some of the research people. I I really think dogs are smarter than uh, a lot of people give them credit for. I'm not sure smart is the right word. uh, Maybe there's a better word. Maybe it's clever or calculating (laughs) or something, but there's a lot going on there, isn't there? There is a lot going on there. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you're just a terrific guest. It's fun to have you back on the program. Uh, we're delighted that uh, your book, Thunderdog, is doing so well. You popped right onto the New York Times list. That's uh, just terrific. Um, tell people how they can find your website and also okay. how they can find well, your book. Well, I hope people will tune into the award ceremony on the Hallmark Channel on November 11th. Don't know the time, but I'm sure it'll be in the evening. Um, so just go to the Hallmark Channel and, and check the listings for that. We can be found at www.michaelhingson.com. You can learn all about uh, the speaking that I do and, and explore speaking availability and such. Uh, and you can order Thunderdog. And certainly you can go to any bookstore and buy it as well or go to Barnes & Noble or Amazon or any of those places and get it online as well. Available in print and audio as well as ebook formats. Um, so if you buy it from our website, then you also get a. An, it uh, comes autographed and potographed by Roselle. Uh, you can learn about Roselle's Dream Foundation at www.roselle'sdream.org, <clears throat> and you can <clears throat> excuse me. You can also get to that by going to my website www.michaelhingston.com. And I hope people will do that, and I hope people will pay more attention to their animals and. Uh, discover that there's a whole world there that most of us haven't even touched uh, that makes makes our interactions even better when we do. Uh, Michael, take take about a minute uh, and uh, <coughs> maybe uh, put in a capsule a little uh, lessons learned from your uh, about, about Roselle and about dogs uh, from your experience uh, on that day. Um, teamwork really counts. Teamwork is what we experienced and and were able to bring about on 9-11. Um, don't ever underestimate what your dog can do. Uh, don't let your eyesight get in the way of your vision. That's uh, something that I tell a lot of people these days. Um, and at the end of the day, when work is over, play with your friends and don't forget to definitely share your favorite bone with your friends when you're playing. <laughs> Boy. Dogs love their play, don't they? They're they driven. they do, and they, they know how to relax, and we can learn a lot from them. When we got home on 9-11, at the end of the day, the first thing Roselle did was went off with my former guy, Dog Linny, and <laughs> started great. playing. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you. 
be sure and uh, join us again next week uh, from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Mountain Standard Time or Pacific Daylight Time. In the meantime, pay attention to what your dog is saying. Do something about it. And remember Jamie's first rule for a good life. Don't bark. A wolf will do the job. 